Chris Chili Dog Atterbury. How are we doing? Are you doing okay? <laughs> I'm doing okay. Because I saw the week, the, the weekend's games, and I'm not doing okay. Yeah, we didn't play very well, that's for sure. No. It's sad. It's what it is. It's sad because we had such high hopes going into the season. Everybody was excited, and now it's just, it's, oh, we just got to get through this. We got to get you, back Jake, up. are you saying you feel it slipping away right now in front of you? I, just I don't want to say that. I don't want to get jump aboard the, the bandwagon. I'm just saying it's hard to watch. The hard part is, and this kind of is similar to the last couple of years, you you see, okay, we're playing bad teams. Here's our chance. Yeah. And then we're bad. And then you're like, oh, we're terrible. And then we beat good teams. Right. So it's, it's, like, it's, it's kind of frustrating. Don't play with us like that. Yeah. <laughs> Either yeah. leave us or stay, or stay one or the other. Yeah. It's, uh, it's odd how we can somehow manage to fit our performance to equally match the level of our competition on a regular basis. Mm. Why? Yeah. yeah. The scary thing is for me is we pitch so well, right? Like our pitching is really, really good and pitching historically. Okay. What do you got to do to win? You have to pitch. Okay. If you pitch that well and you're still 500, well now what? Right. You know, you're not going to pitch better and it's going to be hard to pitch as well. So I don't, I don't know where you go from there. Here's what I don't understand. Now, we we dropped three of four, and Bauer keeps telling me there's good news. Yes, I do. I, I I do have good news for you, Jake. It's not good news for myself or for Chris, but I do have good news for you, which is you brought a brand new game to the table last week as we were closing down the conversation <laughs> with Chris to find oh. out which team would score the most. We had to pick a team, and that team for the entire week, who would score the most points during that week. I thought I had a lock on this. Tampa against Oakland, right? Uh, yeah, for four games. And they lost two of them, and then there was like a shutout. Like, it was horrible. Tampa was – I got the lowest score out of the three of us. I was I had 24 points for the week for Tampa. But then the Giants went and, like, went 15 Dude, rip on the Dodgers or something. They did 15 <laughs> against the Dodgers. They did 11. They did 8. Like, they, they even had a day off where they didn't have a game, and Jake still crushed us in points. I like yeah. the Giants. Jake had 52 points on the week with the San Francisco Giants. Chris, you had 34 with the Rangers. I had 24 with Tampa oh, Bay. Oh, gosh. That's a blowout. That's a blowout. It's amazing. You, you know what's much. the worst? Is that Jake is going to be crowing about this. <laughs> and when we asked him why he picked the Giants, he had no reason. Zero. No, I had no reason. <laughs> Zero like reason. Giants. They shut out the Dodgers 15 to nothing. Yeah. That's insanity. Well, yeah, and what's I, even worse, until you just mentioned, I totally forgot about this game. Right, that's what I mean. So when you were like, oh, the Twins and the three and the, against the Tigers, which, you know, of course, as a Tigers fan. But I, I was like, look, there's good news for you. Just hang on. We'll get to it. You'll have your good news. Well, well, now it is good news because yeah. now I got something to brag about for a week. Yes, you well, do. And now he's got, he's got 29 or 30 teams out there going, which one of us <laughs> will he randomly select to ask to the prom this week? <laughs> Well, who says I can't stick with the Giants? You absolutely could. <laughs> Look, some other teams that scored double-digit runs over the weekend, the Reds did. The Royals actually did, which is kind of crazy, but the Royals actually did. Uh, you've seen the Braves do it. I mean, there's a lot of teams out there. Rangers, of course, is, uh, that's what got, helped Paul get up to that 34 points. Yeah. And the Guardians all had some double-digit games over the How'd weekend. How did the Commanders so. do? The Commanders? Yeah. 
They had great OTA. Yeah, OTA they were. Workouts. Boy, they, the two a days for them were fantastic. Yeah, they yeah. they did some shell drill stuff, some seven on seven, <laughs> some install. Good, you good, know, good. I'll watch the all twenty two on that install and let you know. Okay. <laughs> did I sound like a sports talk radio guy? Right totally there, did. You totally did. You rode yeah. that hard. That was. I good. got all the hot words. I got the all twenty two in there. Install. I, I I feel like I sounded like I'm hosting a. A sports talk show in a football market. I would I would have downloaded that podcast. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys must be talking about this off air. Where do we where do we go? I mean, what do we do to turn this thing around? You would think we would be talking about that. Um, (laughs) You don't want to know what we're actually talking about. Um, But so uh, I, I think that it's pretty clear that the offense has to be better. I don't think you can ask for more from your starting rotation. Your starting rotation was one of the best in the league. You know, Kent is probably going to come back. It's probably not sustainable to stay at that level. And we're starting to see it, right? Like they spaced it out and gave an extra day here. Pablo's been down velo wise. He hasn't been super sharp. Sonny went, you know, short and then kind of had that, that blow up with Rocco Luis fighting it a little bit. So it, they're great. I'm not going to blame any of this. If this was a, you know, if we were divvying out blame for being 500, the, the starting rotation gets 0.00 Blutarski-esque level of blame on this. Um, the offense has to be better. They, they have to they have to score more runs. And you can't just tell me, oh, we're scoring the same amount of runs we scored last year because it's eight one day and zero the next. Like, I had the number again last night, 10 or more strikeouts in a game or 12 games under 500. So... It's not just purely win the, stri- the, the strikeouts, it's when they are. We had Mike Petriello on from MLB.com, and he was like, look, you're striking out in the zone. You're striking out on fastballs. You're striking out on breaking balls. You're striking out on change-ups. You're striking out with runners on. You're yeah. striking out without runners on. Like 40 games of 10 or more strikeouts. Only Jake's beloved Giants have that many <laughs> games of 10 or more strikeouts this year. And we're 12 games under. So the, the offense needs to to score more runs consistently. Um, and we can't just hit four home runs one day, not score the rest of the weekend and pat ourselves on the back for the four home run day. Like there has to be some meaningful thought about what is our approach at the plate. And we keep hearing, oh yes, we've got all this great technical advancement and we do all this studying. We have all these great game plans and our, our team of geniuses has it figured out. And that's great. They do a ton of work. I don't, I don't question that in any way, shape or form, but what I'm hearing from other teams, other coaches, other players, front offices, people on other teams in Major League Baseball, is that the Twins hitters are incredibly well-prepared, but once the plan veers from the scouting report on paper, they do not make adjustments. They just keep doing the same thing, expecting what should happen to happen, because that's what we're preparing for. Everything's about the algorithms and and the information is what we expect to happen, and as soon as you do something that's not expected to happen, they struggle to make adjustments. I've heard this actually from former Twins players, even as far back as spring training, is that that it's the, the, the ability to make adjustments right now is not prioritized mm. over the, the the other elements of the scouting report and the preparation. And so, you know, we saw that in that Houston game where the Behan kid, or Belak kid, came in and they said he throws this to lefties and this to righties. Well, then we heard the next day after he shoved that the catcher was sitting on the bench talking to the other catcher the, the game before and said, hey, the way they swing, we should try this instead. Well, we've never done that before. Yeah, but I think, you know, I think the way they're playing, just watching with my eyes, that's going to be more effective. They wow. did it. Our guys couldn't react. 
and and he had a great game. And so I think that I don't think the Twins are alone in this, but there's so much information and there's so much preparation. But at the end of the day, information is awesome, and I love information right. and I love preparation. But at the end of the day, when the game starts. It goes back to the Mike Tyson line. Everyone's got a plan to get punched in the face. Right. When the game starts, it's not a hypothetical, we think this is going to happen anymore. It's a real life, we're playing, sure. we're competing, and we need to be able to react in real time to what the guy's doing. Maybe the scouting report said his fastball runs like this. Well, today it's not because maybe he had a bad night's sleep. Maybe mm-hmm. he's tired or maybe he's amped up and maybe he, you know, listened to your show and now he's throwing harder. So he's <laughs> like, you have to react to what you're seeing now, not what you uh, saw on film or expect to see. And I think that's where the twins offensively have staggered. It's it's almost like they got into their own head with all these stats, like where they, they the all of those numbers. Cause it, if the same thing had happened to your pitching staff, it were the, if it were the reverse, your pitching staff goes in with the plan, but they're not making adjustments throughout the length of the game, you're going to get demolished. So yeah, if, ha- if the scout report says this guy can't hit a slider, right, and you throw him a slider and he matches it, and you're <laughs> totally. like, well, no, he, he can't hit sliders. And you throw another one, he matches that one too. At some point, Right, like happy you learn to putt. You know? It's like, either it's either bad information or your slider sucks. It's one of the two. In either case, yeah. they're hitting it, so you have to change yeah. that game and do something different. And it feels yeah. like that's the case. It feels like what happened. It's, there's almost a point where you have to make a call in your head, and, and I'm sure that you know Rocco or, or even hitting coaches are going to be looking at this, going, "There's got to be a point in that game." Where in your head you just go, all right, now I've got to react instinctively. Now I've got to be ready to go. It's the same thing if you had gotten this starter or a scouting report on Strasburg as a pitcher, and you're like, okay, well, here are the things that he does. And then first inning of the game, he goes down with a blister on his finger. They bring somebody else and you're not familiar with. you got to call an audible there. you got to be yeah. able to work within that and adapt to whatever that pitcher's throwing. And it feels like the Twins haven't done that. Yeah, and look, they do a ton of work, and I'm a pro information. I love having lots of information, sure. but but you can't take the iPad into the batter's box. No, and you know, I even just talking with some of the guys with the Tigers. James Rousson's one of their assistant hitting coaches there, and he was our guy and part, you know, the coach for the Bomber Squad and everything. And in talking with some of their hitting people, they felt like they were too deep into the iPad during the games, and that and, and that they wanted their hitters to get their heads off the screen and on the field to, to, to get some of that data in real time. Like what's he throwing today? We're not playing him yesterday and we're not playing him tomorrow. Right. And we're not playing him on paper. We're playing that guy who's right there a hundred feet from us. So let's see what he's got today and see what we can do with that information based on all of our uh, combined experience and skill and, and ideas on how to swing and whatnot. And so they, they've, they've actually started scoring a lot more runs since they did that. They even built a, a platform in their dugout so their hitters could have a better view of the plate in their big old dugout oh. in, in Detroit. I talked to a, a former twin in spring training, and he said uh, he tries to work with a lot of young hitters, not just twins, but around baseball. And he says, I feel like the idea of feel is gone in the batter's box and the ability to adjust how you feel and how your swing is and because – Everybody, even in BP, and this isn't a twins thing, they do it, but it's not just them by any stretch of the imagination. It's down to like Little League. It's like you're taking BP, you're working on your swing, you take a swing, and you go over, you look at the film, the, the picture of it. And right. then you go back and you take another swing and you look at the, okay, well, it went this fast and my hips were in this angle. And and again, love information. Information is great, but 
you don't get to do that during a game. And if you're constantly looking at that and not doing the other thing as well, how will you ever learn to make an adjustment without that advantage? And so I think that's not a twins thing. I think it's in many respects, a baseball thing, but what it has meant. And I, I talked with again, several players from variety of organizations about this. That is one of the modern separators of the great hitters from the guys who are, are are sporadically good hitters is that the great hitters can still make adjustments and they can make adjustments without having to see themselves on video. But we have a a group of hitters who are 22 to 28 years old who've never not had video. And some of those guys haven't learned to make those uh, necessary adjustments. Others have. And those are the guys that we're constantly talking about, about how amazingly productive and consistent they are. All right. uh, As we close out as the guy in first place, yeah, our, competition i will go last okay uh, we need to pick a team each person picks a team who they think is going to have more runs than any other team this week and i came in last place but i am going to be a gentleman here and i am going to let chris atterbury make the first selection oh man you just okay well i thought i was pretty smart with texas i didn't look at the schedule i probably should have done that but i'm going to go with another team that i think has just a ton of really good hitters um and i'm going to go with atlanta Oh, oh, come on. I had that on my list. I that just... was mine. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So he picked him first. I got to find somebody new here now. All right. Uh, so, Jake, I, there were two that is, I was going to go with. Is there any reason why you did that? Or is it simply because, well, if you look at the last couple of games, they went 14, 10, 8. They got eight, good hitters. They have so good I hitters. Think they're the best, I think they're the best team in the National League, yeah. if not the best team in baseball. Yeah. They had so many weapons. And, and this is really why I did it. The Twins are going to be playing Atlanta. So yes. if I lose this little game, <laughs> it's because the Twins are winning, and I feel good about it anyway. There you go. It's a win-win right. for you. Go ahead. Uh, all right. I'm going to I'm gonna load up on the early part of this. I'm going Boston Red Sox. Wow. You're just slapping the Twins pitching staff right in the mouth. I, I'm wow. not, but I'm hoping. Look, they, the Red Sox have been hitting a little bit here recently, so I'm kind of hoping that in combination with a slide on the Twins at the early front will be a lead for me, but I've got – it was either that or I was going to go right. Philadelphia, and I'm taking on the Braves, so it's going to be a challenge uh, okay. either way. I'm, I'm going to conference in Pablo Lopez <laughs> to get his thoughts on that for tonight. Well, I'm looking at – I'm going to keep it on the West Coast. Uh, this team's going to be playing one of the worst teams in the, the league right now, the Colorado Rockies, for three games. I'm going to go with the Dodgers. All right. <laughs> All right. Thank you, sir. We'll Thanks, talk Chris. again on Monday. All right. Talk to you guys. Thanks. Bye. You're listening to Jake and Bauer.